Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. song in my heart now but fucking sing it <laughs> mind your fucking business <laughs> hey did you see the movie baby driver no i have it but i haven't watched it yet i heard it was good yeah i think that's on should be on the list that you have the list or that the I ones have? that i the, i mean the ones that i gave you should be on there oh really yeah oh okay yeah because that girl's in it oh she is oh yeah that's uh-huh. right that's right she is in that She's the one that she's basically making out with John Hamm the entire time. And and can you blame her? I can't blame her. And congratulations to him. That's <laughs> right. all I'm that, saying. I know, I know right? Congratulations, John Hamm. John Hamm's one of those dudes. He's 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 so good looking that even dudes around him are like, I want you to fuck all the hot chicks. Right. <laughs> I want you earn that. <laughs> you, I know. I love that. I still love that SNL bit where it's like, yeah, you know, you feel women are, you know. You want women to like you in the workplace? Just be John Hamm. That's be attractive. Right. Be good looking. <laughs> and it's John Hamm. That's there. all you got to do. John Hamm smacking chicks in the ass. And they're like, going, oh. <laughs> Which sadly is another reason why feminism fails. Yep. Because if, if you look like John Hamm, you can treat women any way the fuck you please. Right. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so ready to start this shit? Motherfucker, I was born ready. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> motherfucker, I was born ready. Hold on. <laughs> also, give, give me five minutes. Give me five. <laughs> you know what? Can we do this tomorrow? Because I... <laughs> right. Y'all, I'm going to have to hit you up next month, bro. I got some shit coming up. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks Podcast, our weekly geek news podcast that discuss news from the internet for the past week this is for the week of october 22nd 2017 i'm stephen vargas i'm adam Riley. uh yes 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 so 
we got hit up with that new Xbox dashboard update. Yeah. Sick, sexy as shit, isn't it? I have no complaint. <laughs> Not only, look, first of all, it's less cluttered. Yes. It's fast as fuck. I know. I don't like, know. <laughs> I, it's like going from when you went from uh, uh, Windows 8 to Windows 10. Like, yeah. that's the feel. Like, you're like, Jesus. <laughs> and it's clean looking. I really dig. Yeah, I know. I When I, uh, what was it? Because I, I told you like a couple of days ago, right? So, like, that was the day yeah. that I turned on my Xbox. And all of a sudden, I went, oh, shit. I go, the desktop changed. I go, oh, this must be that uh, that uh, new release. And I was looking at it. I was like, going, oh, it's it's like it's sexy like everything like all the extra shit that took up like half the side panels and all that shit was all streamlined into that little tidbit of like yeah you want more mm-hmm. here here's some other stuff but i like the fact that you can do fucking pins for games and it just like everything about that game is right there yeah you can pin um you can pin friends too that's what it and said it but will... i was having trouble trying to figure out how to do that oh really it gives you um i think you just have to press y or something or maybe on, i don't have any friend. friends i don't know no <laughs> Um, and then it will it will give you a little sum, summary of like their the games they play, and then it will also compare c- achievements right there. And I'm like, that's kind of dope. <laughs> you a bitch. <laughs> that's your stuff. That's how we compare to your guy. <laughs> but um, and then they have Mixer in there a little bit. Yeah, it has its own tab. And then um, what was it? They have Mixer and the store and fucking. It's pretty much the same thing. It's just, it's just like it's got a facelift. Yeah, and it it just looks it's it's definitely more streamlined. Everything's a little more uh, more visually. The aesthetics are, are are a little cleaner, and and that's the one thing that I like about it. I was like going, mm, Sony needs to work on theirs. Yeah, it's a lot cooler than Sony's little fucking controller they came out with this week. <laughs> Fuck on with that, that. Little, that little mini. I was like going, wow. Fuck really? on with that. <laughs> They basically made a controller without a touchpad and without grips. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, get the fuck. First of all, no kids are playing the PlayStation 4. Let's be honest. Yeah. They on the Xbox, motherfucker. You already know. <laughs> well, you know, the little kids play Minecraft and shit, you know. But yeah, but you, you play Minecraft on everything. Yeah. My, my microwave just got uh, Minecraft. So it makes trying to enter in the time a little more difficult. But, you know, it's just. This can of root beer I'm drinking, I can play Minecraft on this bitch. I don't even understand it. It don't make sense, but you know what? All right, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Hold on, let me finish this this cave thing I'm doing. Right <laughs> yeah, I went to go in the refrigerator to get some get some ice, and all of a sudden I'm in like knee deep in the Minecraft. It's like, what the fuck, Samsung? <laughs> knee deep in Minecraft, put that. <laughs> I just heard knee deep and I felt they needed to be combined. <laughs> Shit. No, Microsoft's doing big things. Um, also that uh, Windows update. Yeah, we'll talk about that real quick. That I, I downloaded the new update and I've been I've been making a concerned effort to, to use nothing but Microsoft products um, just to kind of see, OK, this is what they this is what they're trying to get show people what the, what to do to use all their shit. So I'm going to do it and give it a, a real a real push in, in my life and make my whole life strong. So I by, got, by the way, this, this episode to you is brought by Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, speaking of that, all this shit sucks, but the fuck don't work now. Um, so it's not only on my computer. I'm using, I'm using edge. Obviously one note, one note is my baby. I'll always use one note. I don't give a fuck what computer I'm on. Um, you know, I never really thought one note until we started using it for the show. God, a couple years, several years ago. And then it's been mm-hmm. like, yeah, like one note is like it. 
I remember. I because we were. I forget how we were doing the show notes. And we were doing it. In, we were actually doing it. I think in Google. We were using a yeah. Google Drive for a little bit. And I was like, "Hey, this OneNote is kind of dope." And you were like, "Nah." Steve's slow to change. <laughs> he gets. He gets like, uh, "I don't know." And then he'll he'll try to dodge me when I'm bringing it up. No, because half the time Adam's like, "Hey, you know what? This is kind of cool." Oh, okay. And then you start using it, and then all of a sudden, like two weeks later, now nah, I moved on to something else. Cause... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm using something different. Um, but so I'm using the only thing not Microsoft that I'm using currently uh, is Firefox Thunderbird. Oh, Firefox, Mozilla Thunderbird. Firefox Thunderbird. Um, <laughs> Mozilla Firefox I, Thunderbird. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mozilla Firefox Thunderbird Netscape Navigator. <laughs> CompuServe.org. <laughs> That's right. Um, because uh, I don't have Office right now. I'm getting Office on Friday. Um, and then I'll start using Outlook. I love Outlook, too. I mean, I, I can't use a an email client that doesn't have filters. Yeah. And that's something they don't have on the uh, mail uh, app, yeah. um, which is a shame. And then also on my phone, I'm using the Microsoft Launcher. I'm using the Edge uh, web browser that is now available on um, Android. I'm using the Outlook app. Everything's Microsoft. And I tell you what, I got no complaints. Everything's working nice and smooth. No issues. I had the Edge browser up um, with <laughs> Then on next week's, show, next week's show, yo, fuck Microsoft. Everything broke. <laughs> Everything broke. I'm I saw back Linux. To Linux. <laughs> I saw Linux not once but twice. I didn't even need to do it. <laughs> I was just making a point. Just because. <laughs> but no, I, and then like they got the new extensions on Edge. I got, uh, obviously I got Ublock Origin because uh, <laughs> you know how it is. That's the next um, game in the series of Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> <laughs> and then I installed Grammarly because. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I'd, be fuck, I, I'd be fucking up sometimes. Oh, yeah. I've been know? using that. I installed that like a couple of weeks ago when I got back to, uh, when I went back to Chrome. And um, yeah. I was like, uh, they're like going, oh, yeah. And they showed me the suggestions. I was like, oh, Grammarly. That's right. I even installed the Grammarly app on um, on my uh, desktop. Cause yeah, Grammarly's legit. Yeah. I like the fact that like on Grammarly's app, you can have, because they have it in the Windows store. And you can just like drag and, drag and drop a document into Grammarly and it'll fucking like, you know, check everything else out for you. Then I have, oh, so <laughs> this is something funny. So Edge has this thing where you can highlight text. And then you right click and say read out loud. So sometimes I'll have just because I'm a fucking bum, I'll have it read a news article to me while I'm doing something else, <laughs> which is actually kind of cool, I guess, <laughs> as long as I'm doing something else. Um, but I downloaded a different language pack. So <laughs> <laughs> I can see I where this, this is going. <laughs> I have this British woman that reads all my shit to me. And it's like, it's like, hey, but dude, it's so fucking cool. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can turn off. No, nah, I'm not gonna fuck with it. But I was gonna see if no, I could you're play gonna end it and up have it end the, the show. Like, I'm gonna fuck everything up, <laughs> like you did last time. Yeah, I did this and this like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've been using that. Their new launcher is real clean. I've also been using um Bing exclusively, which Bing and Google are the same fucking thing. Like they they do the same thing. It's I I'm not mad or glad that <laughs> <laughs> I'm using Bing. I put I look for something that finds it. I really don't understand people like Google for life, motherfucker. It's like okay, dude. It's, well, it's just a search engine. The, I mean, that's just the culture now. It's like everybody's like, "Yeah, we doing this for life. This is how we roll, bitch." It's like okay, but Bing Bing has some cool stuff because um, let me pull Bing up real quick. Let's look up. Let's look up. What what should we look up? Let's look up Ferengi. Okay. Uh-huh. No, that's not gonna do it because that's too. We got to look up a person. Uh, pick someone. 
the chick you've been looking at all the way, all weekend. Oh yeah, Isa Gonzalez. <laughs> I might need a minute, bro. <laughs> so it's cool because you pull it up, and then on the side it has links to. So we're looking up Isa Gonzalez, who is rumored that she will be playing um, Catwoman. It's a very mixed reaction <laughs> to that. Um, and it will give you, you know, the normal websites that come up. But then on the right side, it has her Wikipedia, IMDb, Instagram, Twitter links. It gives you a little bio, like she's 27. She was born in Mexico City. She's 5'8". Her parents, her siblings, upcoming movies right. and albums, because she's also a recording artist. Um, of course she is. And then people also search. So people that are, you know, related to her in some way. So it's cool stuff like that. I think, I think Bing, like if you don't know who someone is, right? You fucking pull that shit up and Bing, you'll know real quick because it puts it on the side. So mm-hmm. then I can instantly get into that Instagram for scientific purposes. <laughs> yeah, for scientific, for research only. That's for research only. <laughs> Excuse me while I research. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so I've been, I've been doing that exper- this Microsoft experiment for you guys, for all you listeners out there. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you how it works but the new um the new microsoft update came out and it's pretty cool a lot of it came a lot of it in it i don't use yeah like a lot of mixed reality stuff and but edge is um is good i haven't had any issues with edge, <laughs> edge <I> is good <laughs> well i like edge because i the, the key to a good web browser is i shouldn't notice it's there right i should notice i'm using it. you know and, and edge does that perfectly i thought it was funny though because um so everybody freaked out so this update you can now use F11 to go into full screen mode. And everyone's like, oh, they added full screen mode to Edge. It was bullshit. They didn't have it. It's like, they did have it because every app in Windows 10, if you press Windows key shift enter, it's full screen. <laughs> they had it. It just wasn't the normal button. Right. So they actually, Microsoft actually said, okay, moron. <laughs> We're going to make F11 do it again so you know what's going on. So, oh, and I'm also using um, the OneNote app instead of one note proper which is no different fucking one note hmm. you know but anyway enough enough about me <laughs> really are you sure <laughs> i just don't want to talk anymore okay <laughs> all right well our main topic this week will be about social media and journalism but before that let's talk about Let's let's shake it up a bit. Let's talk about some headlines. So, in entertainment news, Star Trek Discovery has been flirting with the timeline for Star Trek uh, Star Trek's original series for the last five episodes. Uh, they have made it clear that none of the costumes, technology, or even characters will appear beyond this series' run, and they try to link it to establish the established universe in the pilot with the introduction of Sarek, Spock's father, and that's where all the connections seem to end. According to producers, that assumption is correct. According to Polygon, producer Akiva Goldsman stated that while Spock does exist in this universe, don't count on seeing him. He has made it perfectly clear that Spock will not board the Discovery. Goldsman made it clear that the Discovery exists within its own universe, meaning that it has largely ignored the feature films and the entirety of Star Trek's franchise. Quote, we are an original, we are an original timeline, Goldsman said during a press conference at New York Comic Con. We are not operating within the movie timeline or the TV timeline. We are wildly aware of everything that appears 
to be a deviation from canon and we will close out all of those issues before they arrive at the 10-year period and hit the original series. At one point, the theory makes sense. In order to create an interesting and original story, you will need to ignore some canon. However, when you essentially throw out all the technology and the limitations of the series, then you are treading on some sacred ground. Largely, the technology of the current series surpasses the technology of the last series in the future, Star Trek Voyager. If you wish to do such a thing, then don't tell fans it takes place 10 years prior to the original series. Why does it have to be a prequel at all? The future of Starfleet and the Federation is not written in stone. The series can be set 20 years after the adventures of Voyager. There you will be able to tell more complex stories and use the visual effects of the day to make it look more like an Apple store. It can be a whole new crew, whole new situations. Many things happen in 20 years. Yeah, I agree. Well, there, someone someone brought up a good point. I can't remember where I saw it. Um, but, it was me, motherfucker. No, <laughs> nah. But he was saying if they would have made it in the future, like after Voyager. And we say Voyager because that was the, the last series. In canon, that was the last one. Um, imagine the guest stars. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could have had everybody. You could have fucking patrick stewart on there. you could you could have everybody on there mm-hmm. you know and and it would have pulled in the old fans and then you could have done something great for the new fans and yes you could have made things look cooler and no one would have gave a fuck right well, you know yeah. you it's just it's just dumb it's just dumb to me like i'm enjoying the show right i am but it could have been dramatically better yeah the, the, if set in another time yeah the piece that i that i wrote was actually a two-part piece on my middle-aged geek blog where i was i talked about that and then they also talked about why they're doing a serialized uh series instead of episodic and one of the things that people seem to either not know not remember or just don't simply give a fuck about facts um episodic was was roddenberry's deal yeah especially you saw it especially in the original series yeah like things would happen and never mentioned again and that's how it was supposed to happen yeah because he, he he his belief was that if anybody jumped on to Star Trek at some point, and you can see it kind of in the next generation, especially episode uh, season one and two, uh, that because of the fact that if people jumped on, they wouldn't be confused. They can just watch an episode and just continue on. And then if they played in syndication, they would play out of order. You could play them out of order, yeah. yeah. And then nobody excites the slight costume changes, but you know, aside from that, but that's not how TV is now yeah. anymore. Yeah, TV now is yeah. serialized, and it makes sense to do that. I mean, Star Trek kind of did that during Enterprise, you know, and they, because of the success of 24 and people started watching those shows. Um, now you have like Game of Thrones and Homeland and Walking Dead, where it's really complex, thick lores. Well, it's more like a, it, they flow more like a book yeah. when it comes to the story. Like if you have a, a series of six books, you can't go from two to four. You're going to know what the fuck's going on, <laughs> you know, so. Unless you're, unless you're um, Final Fantasy. In which case, you can release those games at any time. Well, because it was funny. I had an argument with someone about that. Because they go, why do they call the Final Fantasy so many? I'm like, because every one is the final fantasy of that world. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but I've always, I've always joked because you always got Final Fantasy. Well, yeah, out here was Final Fantasy 4, and then 7 came out, and then they re-released 5. You know, but right. it was done under this title. It's like, yeah. And none of it matters because it's <laughs> Final Fantasy. It's it's brilliant if you really think about it. And, and I, I said in, in, in my article that um, anybody who complains about the serialized, you know, concept of Star Trek, I go, obviously never watches 
the walking dead doctor who game of thrones the flash even you know it's like they don't watch current television if they're pissed off about that right but i but my overall arc was you know set in the future 20 years in the future if you if you took the end date of voyager which was what 2000 99 2000 somewhere around there it was like 2001 i think and then you go to 2017 that's like 16 years 16 years total new costumes ship design technology then suddenly you could start doing and then you say like look in the last 17 years um you know uh uh, relations with the klingons and the uh federation broke down and you know an incident happened and then they you know got back into a war we could pick up there or start at the breakdown you know stuff like that and things would have been fine well, the problem is, too, is 20 years after Voyager, there already is canon because they they said that the Star Trek online game is canon. So you could have made a show based on that canon yeah, and then still done some new stuff. I think the problem, one of my issues with um, current Star Trek is they focus to like one of my issues. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> yeah, pull up a seat. No, um, one of my issues with current Star Trek is is they focus too much on combat. And and I I am a TNG kid to the max, and and you, I don't mind ship combat; it's fun. But I I also like just the diplomacy. I like the um the exploration and finding new things. When you do a prequel, none of this is new. You know, anything they find is either I've already seen it, or they're trying to be slick and <laughs> push it in there that that should be there. Seen a little. SJW going on here. <laughs> right. Um, but I think the issue too is, um, or the thing is that w- with me in the current Star Trek, I'm enjoying the show for what it is. And I respect what they're trying to do, where they're trying to modernize the storytelling. Um, I respect it. I think they're doing a good job at that. But then there's also that um, Trekkie part of my brain that's going, oh, this doesn't fit. <laughs> you know, like, like one thing that it's is bugging really me. hard to not, I know. Have that impact, yeah. One one thing that's bugging me, and it's really dumb, <laughs> but the nacelles on the Discovery are too fucking skinny. It makes no sense for the time period. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> like it, it, they made this ship. I think Discovery is ugly. I think the saucer section is cool, but the engineering hull is ugly as shit. Yeah, it looks like somebody, some kid drew it. <laughs> Get it together, okay? I wouldn't even be upset if they just suddenly changed it one day and didn't explain it. Right. <laughs> Season two, it's all completely done, redone. That's fine. That's I mean, fine. It's a refit. That things happen in a refit, you know? <laughs> yeah, to the entire engineering hall. <laughs> it's a totally refit. new design. That's a refit. It refit. Now it you wanted to, you, you want to reboot style and make it look nice. That fucking J.J. Abrams Enterprise is no joke. <laughs> that is sweet. That thing is sexy as fuck. Or, or you want to think outside the box? Enterprise E, motherfucker. That's right. That Enterprise E is or, sexy as shit. Or, 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 let's do a show with just two dudes <laughs> on a runabout. <laughs> just fucking whatever, An dude. Class, you know, what you know like Adam and that I. That arrow class. <laughs> like, just, just something, something low key, bro. <laughs> Maybe a defiant. There you like go. five or six, five or six homies. Right. You know what I mean? Just getting it right. <laughs> I want to see a Star Trek where it's 
five or six people from the twenty, the beginning of the twenty first century, so current time, mm-hmm. and they thaw them out TNG episode style because they were in Frozen animation, and then they just like, hey, you know what? Here's here's a Defiance, and we added some, you know, obviously Defiance for mainly for combat. So can you throw a holodeck in there for me? Right. Please? Do some fun shit, and then uh, just just go, just <laughs> you know, seek out new life and civilizations and shit. <laughs> just do something. That's what I want to see. There you, you go. Know. <laughs> anyway, my bit isn't really isn't really news, but it was it's a little fact. It was a slow about, news week. Yeah, it was. But I, I thought this was kind of interesting and not really surprising. <laughs> um Heath Ledger was uh evidently so dedicated to his performance as the Joker in the Dark Knight that he encouraged Christian Bale to really beat him up during film. Um the upcoming book, One Hundred Things Batman fans should know and do before they die. Uh, from author Joseph McCabe, reveals this new behind-the-scenes story from the beloved film as printed on The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, McCabe talked to Bale, as well as Doc Knight director Christopher Nolan, about the filming in 2008 in the lead-up to the movie's premiere. In speaking with Bale, the actor offered the following anecdote about filming. Quote, As you see in the movie, Batman starts beating the Joker and realizing realizes that this is not your ordinary foe, because the more I beat him, the more he enjoys it. The more I'm giving him satisfaction. Uh, Heath was behaving in a very similar fashion. He was kind of egging me on. I was saying, you know what? I really don't need to actually hit you. It's going to look just as good if I don't. And he's going, go on, go on, go on. He was slamming himself around, and there were tiled walls inside of that set, which were cracked and dented from him hurling himself into them. He, his commitment was total. Uh, McCab also spoke to Heath Ledger in November 2007 while Ledger was promoting his film I'm Not There uh, though of course Ledger tragically died several months later Ledger's Joker has become one of the most iconic villains in movie history and he won a posthumous Oscar for best supporting actor so I thought that was a cool like actor was so into it he's like no seriously beat the shit out of him Oh, and, yeah. and and you're gonna think not only Christian Bale was kind of you know a big dude, and he had he had fucking Batman gauntlet gloves on. <laughs> I'd be like, no, don't fucking hit me, and we'll edit it in post. You hit me, I'm gonna sue you. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard I've heard stories about not just Christian, not just between Christian and Heath, but you know like other actors that are just like they get so wound up because you know they they feel that you know the faking the punch or something like that just kind of feels weird. So they like, just hit me, you know, when they slap, especially like slaps and stuff like that. They're like, no, just just hit me. You know, it's fine. And then Well, slaps are understandable because slaps aren't really gonna damage you. But but they get Bale was I beating mean, the shit out of the Joker yeah. in that fucking scene. Yeah, and yeah, you so, know, so like, it's kinda yeah, weird. Just, just hit me. Just don't worry about it, you know. You know, like what was it? Uh I can't remember what director said it, but you know, pain is temporary, film is forever. So <laughs> it kinda it kinda makes me think though. How many times before a scene a sex scene. Did an actor who's about to have a sex scene with some gorgeous fucking starlet go, you know, <laughs> for realism, for the role, <laughs> you know, why don't we just actually have sex? You know, we'll you know we'll what? cover we'll, it with the sheet, but we'll I think just, I'll get more into it. We'll just do just the tip, you know. <laughs> and the girls just there with their arms crossed. No, I've said no a hundred times. <laughs> You're an actor. Act <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god yeah that'd be pretty funny you have like uh well it's like when you have uh you know like christian's like i can't hit you man he goes it's just you know 
it, it's just you know we're, we're just acting and he's like i don't have the really the motivation it is and just he leans in and goes i fucked your girl oh man so moving on into gaming news so it's been nearly four years since disney announced that it would partner with ea for for star wars games visceral was one of the studios that was going to work on star wars it had even snatched amy henning naughty dog uh, creative director to uh, head up the game unfortunately it seems that will not come to pass. EA announced on Tuesday that it was shutting down the company. There is no specific reason for the shutdown or the true fate of the game Henny was working on. However, it seems that other studios will continue to work on the game. EA announced that the game, which was slated for 2019, has been pushed back indefinitely. Quote, throughout the development process, we have been testing the game concept with players listening to the feedback about what and how they want to play and closely tracking fundamental shifts in the marketplace. EA Executive Vice President Patrick Soderlund said, according to Polygon, it has become clear that to deliver an experience that players will will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time to come, we need to pivot the design. We will maintain the stunning visuals, authenticity in the Star Wars universe, and a focus on bringing a Star Wars story to life. Importantly, we are shifting the game to be a broader experience that will allow for more variety and player agency, leaning to the into the capabilities of a Frostbite engine and reimagining central elements of the game and to give players a Star Wars adventure of greater depth and breadth of to explore. Uh, they seem to be there seems to be an aura of uncertainty. The production of the game for EA to pivot from visceral to another ea arm seems telling however the shutdown of the visceral studios comes as a surprise to many the untitled star wars game was teased at last year's e3 quote a development team from ea uh, uh, from across ea worldwide studios will take over development of this game led by a team of e from ea vancouver that has already been working on the project suderland said our visceral studio will be ramping down and closing and we're in the midst of shifting as many of the team as possible to other projects and teams at ea in regards to henning's involvement no one knows quote we're in discussions about amy uh, um, with amy about her next move an ea representative said so it's kind of sad too. Visceral is known for a lot of great games. They made that Battlefield Hardline mm-hmm. game, the Dead Space series, right. um, and some of the in-game early in-game footage that I was seeing for for this game looked fucking amazing. Like it was yeah. dope as shit. So I, I'm not exactly sure what the hell was going on where they're shutting down Visceral and moving the game. It's kind of like um, in my mind, it's like, well, if the game wasn't looking that good, I think shutting down the studio is a little bit uh, on the <laughs> you know a little bit on the broad end, you know, like. We can, it's like you know, this doesn't look good. Fuck off. Yeah. We're we're done we're, with you. We're shutting the whole thing. Wait, isn't that a little extreme? <laughs> no, when I don't like something, I hit the reset button, motherfucker. It's like Jesus. <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, so it it's really weird. And some are even saying that does that mean that this game is going to go to you know is going to shift to multiplayer because that's where the game is shifting. I don't necessarily believe that. I'm thinking that maybe it's it could be just simply an issue of. Um, Maybe the st- type of game they were doing wasn't something that they were totally, you know, right. keen on. So we'll we'll have to see. I don't know, man. So sorry, I was having 
a moment. I was having a moment of silence for Visceral <laughs> Game. Um, Lego Dimension has reported has reportedly ended a year earlier than planned. Uh, through Warner, though Warner Brothers has yet to officially announce or deny the news. Sources close to Eurogamer uh, say that the TT Games developed series has been canceled. The publication cites uh, multiple reasons for the cancellation, including the cost of using real Lego, mm-hmm. uh, flagging sales, and the toys-to-life genre f- um, falling out of fashion. If Lego Dimensions is over, it's end during its two-year cycle, which includes 80s characters like Beetlejuice, Gizmo, and E.T. A third year was planned and reportedly would have featured fan-favorite uh, villain Lord Vortech, uh, a Minecraft expansion, and The Flash, among other characters. Eurogamer also reports that work hat was sorry, was being done on a camera that would scan real life Lego bricks and see them replicated in game, though it was never greenlit for production. Um, Lego Dimensions was released in 2015 and features a wide cast of characters from Batman and, Gan- and Gandalf to Harry Potter and the Powerpuff Girls. Um, I can tell you exactly why this closed down. It's expensive as fuck. Yeah, it was. Like it's a cool idea, but there's also another thing, and it's it's a complaint. Any person that I know that played Lego Dimensions had the same complaint that the, you have to. At first, the whole oh, I got to change it, and you would build your little thing. That gets tedious after a while. Like you're like, Ugh, like I got to build this thing now. You know what I mean? Like, so, not everybody's into building shit right. with Legos. You know, some people have no soul. It's just the way it is. <laughs> right. That's what's wrong with <laughs> but yeah, the world, it, but that's another topic. <laughs> and, and I knew, I, I pretty much knew that Lego Dimensions was on was going to be on the chopping block when um, Disney Infinity cut out, too. Yeah. Because it is true that people are, I think parents are getting sick of it now. Because, and I can, I'm speaking as a parent. I never bought the to- one of the Toys to Life games for my kids because I knew I would be penniless living under a fucking bridge. Well, yeah, once you, once, once you buy into that, you're into it. Right. Yeah. And, and they and they do it in a way where it's like, oh, you want to do this? Too bad. You need to buy that. And, and it, then the kids drive you fucking batshit <laughs> because they're constantly like, oh, my God, I need this. I need this. I need this. Right. And then you then you murder your kids. And then it's like a big thing. <laughs> you know? And then they say it's like against the law. And you're like, you, you realize how much I'm saving by doing this? Right. <laughs> I could afford the court fees. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And th- that was one of the things like you and I, when we first heard about, it, we're like, oh, that's pretty fucking dope. Like we were, we were into it. And then it's suddenly when they don't tell you the cost and then you start looking at the cost and you're like, oh, fuck this. It's like, it ain't that dope. Yeah. But you know, you're dealing with Legos, which are expensive as fuck anyway. So, you know. Yeah. Legos are a little too expensive in general. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how much they were when I played with them because I wasn't the one buying them. But um, I've bought my kids a couple Mega Blocks set. Let's just say that because <laughs> Legos are just fucking—they're ridiculous yeah. how expensive they are. Yeah. You know. Uh, all right. Well, moving on into comic news. So recently, the comic universe lost legendary creator Len Wen. Coming in January, DC Comics will be releasing a tribute to Wynn and Bernie Wrightson. Both passed away earlier this year. It was originally designed to be the first issue of a Swamp Thing miniseries. However, it will be offered as a one-shot with a lead story by Tim King and drawn by Jason Fabook. King, shortly after Wynn's death, had introduced the character in his run of Batman. 
King received much praise for his portrayal of the character. However, while the issue came out just after Wayne's death, King had written the story with when when Wynn was still living. Quote, I wrote it before the, uh, before he passed away, and I only really met Bernie once at a convention, but the whole issue is about death, King said of the Batman issue. It's about how Batman and Swamp Thing deal with death differently. And what I think is crazy about the Swamp Thing character is how much of a human soul he has um, that monster has explored when Wynn and Bernie did the character was to create a portal to through which writers could write about all the themes in comics that they didn't think they could approach when they first became um, came to the medium this there's something different about him that makes you want to write about deeper more literal themes in all honesty they could they could not have selected a better tribute f to the two legendary legends in the industry Swamp Thing the winter special number one will be out in January and here is a brief description of it Tom King and Jason for book pay tribute to legendary creators of Swamp Thing writer Len Wynn and artist Bernie Wrightson as they join forces for the earth-shattering Swamp Thing passion project in this new square bound one shot Swamp Thing is but of his um, is oh is out of his element as he shepherds a lost boy through a blinding wizard blizzard and through hazards of strange frozen tundra in this touching and harrowing tale of survival the pair must navigate countless threats throughout the bewildering terrain with a bloodthirsty snow monster hot on their heels but how long will they can they rely on each other separate from the green and stripped of his powers in the dead world, Swamp Thing struggles to fight for their lives and deliver the boy to safety. Disorientated and decaying, Swamp Thing's fading, under, fading understanding of his surrounding forces, the duo to confront their desperation and uncover the true identity of the snow monster that hunts him. In addition to the special features, the final Swamp Thing story from the monster's co-creator, Len Wynn, originally intended to start of the start of a new series, but is presented here, both in its original script form and the art by Kelly Jones. It's, kind of, it's always sad when someone like passes away. Yeah. But he won he won the Inkpot Award and the Will Eisner Award Hall of Fame in 2008. Jesus. It's kind of As you can see, I'm using Bing as we're going <laughs> along. What's cool though is that, you know, it it's almost like he has this he has the ability to say goodbye with the character, you know. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Be nice if if uh if he, the ultimate cool shit if he he also had an issue of like Wolverine coming out. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like but whatever. Beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I might pick up I might pick up that one. That pretty cool. Yeah, I might pick that one up too. So this is from uh Stephen Vargas, by the way. <laughs> Professional <laughs> news writer. Um a while back. A while back, pull list by Comicsology was a thing. I used it all the time, actually. Yeah, that was like my main pull list. Yeah, that's At, before that. It was me scribbling on a notebook. <laughs> right. um, however, since Amazon had purchased Comicsology, they have been trying to streamline all their services. In the meantime, they made it harder for people to make impulse purchases. Comicsology's pull list was a retailer's digital shop. Some people even used it to create a pull list print and take it to a local comic book store. Amazon released an email on Friday announcing the closing of Pull List. Uh, Amazon made the announcement via email to its customers as well as retailers that use their digital service. The Pull List and Pop Shop websites will no longer be active 
starting March 31st, 2018. Uh, in the FAQ, in their FAQ section, uh, they have some instructions on what you can do to look for new releases. Quote, we make a weekly spreadsheet that lists the next week's releases right here. We aren't endorsing and your mileage may vary. But we've heard some people use leagueofcomicgeeks.com for tracking pull lists. And there are sites like comiclist.com that track new releases. They have decided to focus on the development efforts on their digital comics as to the reason for closing the service. Amazon refers Amazon refers users to their pull list to real retailers. However, since retailers just learned about the issue, they may need time to look for alternatives. Keep in mind that they still have six months to figure out alternatives, although they probably still won't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Just don't wait until the last minute. They will. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was because it was funny because I was I used Comixology pull list um, a while back because I would that's before like the comic store that I went to created their own pull list. But I was doing that just to kind of keep track of my uh, uh, my titles and I would pull it up on my phone when I would go to the comic store. So I make sure I got everything. Um, but I haven't used it since then. And they sent me the email. That's how that's why I did the story. I was like going because I really hadn't seen anybody really doing it. And then I looked at it. And I was like, oh, shit. So I started looking at looking around it. I went to the FHQ and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. I mean, I haven't used it in years, but, you know, I just really look at yeah, the lazygeeks.com to see what's coming <laughs> out this week. You already know because I got the fresh information every Sunday. <laughs> um, don't you worry. You know, so. It's um. There's basically what they're saying at the end is true. There there are other places um that provide your pull list or what's coming out that week, and we ain't joking. The LazyGeeks.com we got this shit every week. Yep. You know so. And we even, also even have some it for, comic stores. I mean, it's uh, per- pretty easy for a lot of stores now to do their own digital right digital version. The one that I used to go to created their own as well, and it was just it was really just one click. You know, and back in the day, it made sense. But now, as everybody becomes more digital, it's pretty much everybody has their own now. I mean, they, they probably have an app somewhere yeah. that tells you all the comics that are going to come out. Like, it's the information is on so many different sites; it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, you know, or you could do it the old-fashioned way and get your fucking legal pad out, <laughs> scribble down those pull out that those qu- books, pull out that quill, and start. That's uh, right. You know, cause... lick the tip real quick. <laughs> and then just do 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 don't 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 suck on the tip just just lick it. no 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 the real quick calm lick. down the real quick lick try to break from your habits <laughs> remember that you're reading <laughs> uh all right moving on into into technology news this i thought might be cool for us uh razor is known as a gaming laptop mouse and keyboard maker but it actually offers a wide variety of products like xbox controllers power banks and even an upcoming phone Razer also makes webcams like the Stargazer, Stargazer, uh, yes, which is which is built <laughs> for streaming video games. Um, now Razer is upping its streaming game with two new quote unquote streamer certified peripherals, a webcam with a built-in ring light named Kylo, as well as a USB condenser mic named uh, Sirin, uh, Sirin X. The one hundred dollar Kylo. Kylo's built-in light has a 12 level of brightness to help your light your face for important picture-in-picture streams on Twitch, but also and it also outputs 
H, um, high definition video at 720p with 60 frames per second or 1080p at 30 frames per second. The Siren X also retails at 100 and comes with a removable, a removable desk stand. So you can set it up anywhere you're streaming from. It connects via USB and with a 25 millimeter condenser capsule and a tighter recording angle that optimizes for streaming according to the company. Quote, streaming has become an integral part of the gaming community, said Razer CEO Mingling Tan in a statement. We took a hard look at what streamers really need and engineered products to support those specific use cases. The result, the, the result are these pro are products that the that produces professional quality streams while remaining accessible to beginner beginner users. Ring ring lights aren't anything new, of course. One uh, I had the writer here said he had one that you could slide on your old Apple uh, standalone uh, eyesight camera years ago. Still, Kylo could be attractive to someone who has a darker room and needs to stream a better image. There is plenty of microphones to choose from, but if you're using other Razer gear, the affordable Siren X might entice you too. So, yeah, the the Siren X is actually a pretty nice microphone. A lot of people are using it now. Um, the ring light, I don't know about that. Why would I want this bright ass light in my face? Well, a lot of times because when you're when you're using a cam in any surface, it it only lets in a certain amount of light. If you don't, if you have a lot of light in the background. It, it fades you out. If you're in a dark room, it only pulls any light, you know, even a weak light. So you, you generally need more light in order for the camera to capture a better image. That's just, you know, general. It just seems like it would be painful to have a fucking light right in your face. Well, you don't have it necessarily right in your face. You could have it usually like um, top of your monitor above you to look down on you. And then you can just kind of do whatever if you're streaming. Uh, but generally, yeah, that's but true. generally those lights aren't like, it's not like... Um, it's not like you turned the fucking uh, yeah, uh, a car light on. Right. And you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> the, the ring light is designed to kind of disperse light more evenly. Regular lights that blind you will be uh, directional lights that just shine in one direction. So you'll see a lot of times if you see people with uh, vlogs and stuff like that, and you just see that it, their face looks a little extra lit, it's usually a ring light. Yeah. yeah. Well, my story, I, f I found something that interests me. Okay. <laughs> Um, <laughs> nothing quite catches the 2017 mood to leave Earth forever, like dreaming about moon bases. Last month, space agencies from Russia and the U.S. jointly announced plans to collaborate on such a satellite colony, but today's discovery might bring that vision closer to reality. Japan's space agency found a... By the way, Japan's space agency, I hope they have a better name than that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, you know, when, uh, when you walk into there, you hear, it's a long road. Row, getting from there here to here. <laughs> but my time, no. I know. I was like, I was that too. <laughs> but my time um, is finally here. <laughs> Japan's space agency <laughs> found a large cave underneath the lunar surface that seems like prime area for a human outpost. Japan's Silanol. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Japan's Silenological <laughs> and Engineering Explorer, or Selene, I'll just say Selene, uh, probe discovered a 50-meter wide by 50-meter deep opening underneath the Maris Hills region using a radar system designed to peer underground. 
After more readings, the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, there you go, <laughs> abbreviation JAXA, oh, um, surmised that the chasm was 50 kilometers or 31 miles long by 100 meters wide, structurally sound and filled with rock that might contain water. They theorize that it was a tube carved by lava during volcanic activity 3.5 billion years ago. Lava tubes are well-suited for human settlements. Uh, JAXA senior research, Januchi Hirayama, <laughs> I don't know why I can, I don't know, <laughs> told The Guardian, uh, the tubes might be the best candidate sites for future lunar bases because of their stable thermal conditions and potential to protect people and instruments from micrometeorites and cosmic ray radiation, Hariyuma said. Their location underground also shields denizens from the surface's wild temperature swings and radiation from the sun's UV rays. I just thought that was dope. Like, we're going to make a base on the moon, and it's going to be underground just to make it even more sci-fi. You know? Mm. I dig it. And then all you got to do is on top, you have all the space now. You got your launching site. You can have your fucking satellites, your solar panels. You could fucking go, dude. You know, I'm just saying, because of course we're running out of space on the moon, so we have, we have to <laughs> we have to make some smart decisions here. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, then we're gonna find aliens underneath there, like in Doctor Who, and they're gonna be like, "What? What the <laughs> fuck are you guys doing here? Fuck up! You f- continue fucking up your own planet. Don't fuck this one up." <laughs> right. We've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that is the end of the headlines. Mm. <laughs> so um this week's article or this week's topic is social media and journalism and uh this was kind of spawned off of uh off of an engadget article and i'm just going to read a little bit of the article to kind of give you guys some uh some context even though you probably won't listen to it uh because nobody listens to context anymore. No. So, for journalists, social media can be a double-edged sword. On the one hand, they can all they can use platforms like Facebook and Twitter to share their opinions on a wide range of matters, from sports to politics. But at the same time, they have to remember to exercise caution because whatever they say can be taken out of context and have major implications on the publications they work for. If a reader who follows your tweet or Facebook post doesn't agree with you, that can motivate them to claim your entire newsroom is biased. That's why we are now seeing publications having to change their digital strategy. Last week, the New York Times published an an updated and expanded set of social media guidelines for its journalists. These new rules outline how every staff member, not just editors and reporters, is expected to behave online. In an article posted last week, the Times said that while social media, quote unquote, plays a pivotal role in its journalism, since it can act as a tool to better engage with readers and help reach fresh audiences, it can also be a complicated medium. Quote, our journalists, if our journalists are perceived as biased or if they engage in editorializing on social media, the Times says, they can undercut the credibility of the entire newsroom. To put simply, the Times wants its journalists to take, a, to take extra care to avoid expressing partisan opinions through social media on issues that it covers, even if the reporter or editor isn't attached to that specific story's byline. 
Dean, uh, Dean Banquet, the New York Times executive editor, said in a memo that the guidelines are, quote, rooted in a very experience in the very experience of our journalist, end quote. Several reporters from the prominent, uh, who are prominent on Twitter, including Maggie Haberman and Max Fisher, were involved in the process offering, quote unquote, very helpful input and ultimately their endorsement. Um, now, especially with the New York Times, you know, they, they have been very much on the, uh, uh, how should I say, uh, anti-Trump, um, uh, guideline, which most media, most media of, of any sort, you know, publication is. Um, do you think that if anybody has social media, usually in most instances, if you're, uh, you know, a figure of any sort, journalist, you know, public figure, editor, you know, comic book writer, you kind of have this platform and you have this platform right. to kind of express your opinions. However, do you believe that the public, the, the opinions of, you know, these individuals could create havoc in like, let's, and in this instance, news neutrality is what they, they call this. Uh, do you think that actually, that it actually poses a threat? And by altering that de demeanor, do you think that would, uh, one, repair it? Or do you think that demean um, minimizes how people should re react on a platform like this? I think. I think the threat really lies with how blind people are nowadays right. and how lazy they are. So it, it, when you had back in the day, if there was a news article about something, one, you could back in the day, you could somewhat trust the news. <laughs> you know, if something if something was in The New York Times, you you pretty much you're 99 percent certain that was going to be correct. Right. You know, um, but nowadays everyone knows that the news, the majority of news out there is bullshit and that social media is even worse but it's easier everyone just wants to prove their point even if their point doesn't make any sense so if you're if you're someone who believes um that trump is the greatest president alive you know fine you can find quote unquote news articles right. that support that fact and then it is very easy to just go oh well this is comfortable and um it must be true because i think it right you know, and and I've noticed too, and I've always, and I've always said, I've said this many times on the podcast, but I don't watch the news. I'll read it, but I don't watch it because I feel like reading you you have a more critical eye when you read something, at least for me. Um, but when you watch the news, it's circus. It's it's I'm watching a sitcom, um, and it, it reminds me of. And we were talking about this before the podcast, um, the O.J. Simpson trial, and that's when things really started going downhill news wise and I, I was I was reminded of this obviously because I was young when this was happening but I was reminded of this on a, a podcast that Steve and I enjoy podcast on the left um, where it became a circus yeah. and and part of it was because it was Hollywood that was involved and, and stuff like that so you started seeing that Hollywood mentality blending into journalism I mean even the judge uh what was his name? Judge, Judge Ito. Ito or something? Lance Ito. Ito. Yeah. He was he was hamming it up. He he was he was loving the fame and and everybody had a story. Everybody needed to get on board. You had people like uh, Jay Leno, um, who who you know was a late night talk show. Might, might might not seem too important now, but in the early '90s, late night talk shows were were a big deal. The dancing, you know, people Itos. were right. The dancing Edos, and it was a joke. 
it was so many jokes and so so many things going on around this trial, 24-hour news of it, stuff like that. And everyone seemed to forget the fact that a woman was brutally murdered. Yeah. You know, and there was there was such a lack of respect. And it wasn't and it's not just the media's fault. It's also the people's fault because they don't call anyone out on it. Yeah. You know, because it's fun and 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 you get the ratings and everybody makes money and whatever. Well, that was it was it's interesting because like I was watching recently they had a um uh for those of you that might remember uh Scott and Lacey Peterson uh was the pregnant woman that her she disappeared on Christmas Eve and then they found her body in the lake up in um up in the Bay Area and her husband was arrested and and uh and um accused of murdering her. Uh, the thing was, is that, you know, I remembered a lot of that and it had risen to the level of, and, and I was watching, they had a documentary, uh, it was risen to the level of like dominating even national news. And I was watching a documentary that was going over that case. And what they were saying is just basically how the media had their narrative. This young, attractive, pregnant woman disappeared. Her husband had an affair. So obviously he must have killed her if he had an affair with this other woman uh, and that was it, you know, even the police got involved in it and, you know, we're just looking to, to, to put him up. And they were, there was a lot of, a lot of news people that were talking about it, that were going in hindsight and just basically like, Oh yeah, no, the narrative was there. And people make careers off of that. Nancy Grace, who would, yep. she would filled in for um, what's his name? Uh, Larry King. And Nancy Grace got wasn't she the one that um she's the loud blonde yeah. right she's on yeah. she got she got uh she had two wrongful death suits that she had to settle for because she called people out there was one I think um the the like a two year old kid was abducted and she brought the person the parent on the show and then fucking ridiculed her and said that's your responsibility your kid your kid was in your care and and, and then she committed suicide yeah. Well, that's you know, the, and, and that's the thing is, is that they they had this narrative and they were going for that narrative, regardless of right. how wrong or right they are. There is no accountability in in the media. So you know, and going into social into social media, going back to kind of what we were talking about, there is no ne- neutrality in news. There is there is none because they all have an agenda. They all have this the this idea they want to push, and now social media, I think clamping down. On those on those people, uh, especially if you try to consider yourself legitimate news, like you know the New York Times or, or what have you, and people always say, "Well, the New York Times is is liberal." It's like that their opinion pages are. You know? Yeah, the the New York Times, and and I'm gonna say this right now. I was I was a weird kid in high school where I read the Times every every morning. I used to read the paper. I used to bring it to school and read the paper. It was something that my grandfather taught me to do. It's very important to, and I still read the paper. I just read it on my phone. But, right. um, and it was always the Times, mainly because I was told by my grandfather that if you're going to read the paper, at least read the Times, <laughs> because <laughs> we're from. Tell you the Boston Globe. Well, you can't get the Boston Globe. Yeah. And he actually didn't like the Boston Globe because the Boston Globe is is an incredibly liberal <laughs> paper, like to the point that it isn't just the opinion pages. <laughs> And also, they keep kind of local, but yeah. the time the Times is very is to me America's newspaper, right? And um, I used to read it every morning, and and you could, I I've read it now. I'll read it in the in the uh, grocery store that sells it here when I'm waiting for my wife to get figure out her fucking life. But <laughs> um, their articles are always borderline boring. Yeah, 
because it's because they're supposed to be they're just telling me what fucking happened now their opinion pages are incredibly liberal right but that's okay that's an opinion yeah that's an opinion and they clearly mark it as such but their their main articles very clear very clean news i love it i love the time now trump hates the times right but you know why trump hates the times because the times reports the fucking news they report facts (laughs) exactly so the problem the problem i see and that and but it's not just the media this is something i've had conversations with before because that's that's kind of the war drums now, isn't it? Like the media is this, the media is that. Even and it doesn't matter if it's from the Trump supporters. I know Trump supporters are very much the the, you know, fake news and and this and that. It's everyone else. I mean, everyone doesn't trust the media. We don't trust the government. We just don't trust anybody. Right. Um, but I think it's not all the media's fault. I, the, the reason why a lot of people are getting misinformation from social media is because they don't go anywhere else. Yeah. All they do are going through their Twitter and their Facebook and they're getting news second, third, fourth hand from Buzzfeed. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> right. it's fucking ridiculous. Well, that's the it, thing. And, and, and I had, I had had a conversation with someone about that. Cause they're like going, have you heard about this? And then I'm like, I have heard nothing on this. And if it was something of that scale, I, you would have heard it on some mainstream media. So exactly. I, you know, I'm like going, if you ever find news that's on a, on a small public, I go a small publication or a, a, a not even a publication, like a blog, and, and, and they're, they're using the words I or, you know, or they're using very, very strong language. I go, that's not news. It's an opinion piece. I go, even right. BuzzFeed does, um, even BuzzFeed does news articles that are advertisements. And it's very, and very, also, there's very, very small print that says advertisement. Right. But it's, it's there, but it's designed to be small. So you read and go, oh, okay. And you, you assume that's news. And also note, because people will have sources in their article and no one ever checks sources. Right. I'll click on the sources. It ain't going to fucking the Times or um, CNN or whatever. I don't really, I pers- personally, I don't trust the television networks for news Mm-mm. i don't trust any of them because oh, they're doing um, the but exactly um but <laughs> their sources are like buzzfeed i actually saw one article that was from a bullshit site i can't even remember the site and they're they source themselves <laughs> yeah i clicked on the source and it was just an article they wrote the day before i'm like you can't no <laughs> you can't do that you're basically saying it's right because i said so right. unless you unless know, unless you're it, unless it's a continuation of something that you like, I've done that here where it's like, well, as we told you last week, you know, this happened. So now it's continuation. I'll link our previous source before because that's, you know, our, our previous one, because we're referring to that as a continuation. But when you're saying it's reported because we reported it, it's like, no, that doesn't make it right. You know, right. it's like, it's like when you're in school and they said three, you know, three independent sources, you know, for, to, to what forge an argument. But the problem that we run with this is that with social media nowadays, I mean, you see it with, I mean, you see it with a lot of people now is that quote unquote, even like CNN, you know, you have people that take to Twitter and, and um, lambast the, the president, former and new, you know, it, it's just, you know, that they, and then there people are like, they shouldn't be held, you know, they shouldn't be fired or, you know, suspended or something based on it. It's freedom of speech. no. You do have freedom of speech, which means the government cannot uh, cannot go after you for it. However, if you violate the conduct of your company, your company can do whatever the fuck they want because it's called at-will employment. 
And if you violate that, which is usually in your contract, and any contract you sign with a company, it will specifically tell you, be careful what you say online, because you are representing that company. Right. You, need, you know, and then... Well, actually, I'm told that I work for a rather large bank. Um, you were told and you I'm worked, not even. You were told you worked for rather large. No, no. no. Well, know? yes, I have. I have. I was told that on the first day, but um, <laughs> Cause, no, because like, it's not like I was just told that I work for red. Like you didn't know. <laughs> I work for a rather large bank. There's a reason why I don't talk about who it is on the podcast because I actually I've been told be very careful. You know, when when you're in a, a company that's very large, very powerful, and very exposed to the public. They don't take kindly to you talking about certain things, right. you know, and now obviously I could probably say whatever the fuck I wanted. No one's going to give a shit, but you don't, you don't want to run that risk. Right. Um, but I also wanted to point out, um, cause since we're talking about media bias and I was quickly searching the site, um, there's a site called allsides.com. And if you want to see examples of this, it's fucking wonderful. So what they do is there's a news article. And I'll give you a perfect example. So there's a news article, former us presidents raised 31 million hurricane victims okay and then it will give you three columns from the left from the right and from the center and it's their um what they titled their article on the same news so for that one that i just read oh, from I the see, left yeah. all all five former u.s presidents team up to raise 31 million dollars that's from the from time magazine which is a very left um news uh news thing news junket whatever from the right five x presidents and trump champion unity volunteerism so that's from the right that's from the washington examiner um and the center campaign from former president raised 31 million so you start and you can go down the line and it's it's just articles on on a lot of different things and they and they have the three columns for everything center left and right and you can start to see a trend here mm -hmm. where everyone has a certain narrative that they are low-key slipping into everything right. um and and the right is all very trump Trump is great focus. The left is very Trump is the devil focus. And the center tends to be, this is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, well, that, but even the center, even the center can get a little biased yeah. too. Cause that's where a lot of libertarians lie yeah. and stuff like that. So, and that's the thing is, you is know, like it, when you, you know, it's like, um, yeah, I mean, you do, you have the left and the right reality somewhere in the middle. And, you know, I've, I've always said that if your belief structure has it to where you think a Republican or Democrat, you know, is going to be the cure for, for everything, for the world, for the nation's ails, you're part of the problem. Exactly. Because that's not how it works. And it's, it's, it is funny because I've never heard about this site, but that's actually pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, it's a great site. And, um, but yeah, you know, you're going to, you're going to get that. And, you know, some people are saying that the reason the New York times is doing this is because they've been, slammed by trump so many times and they're they're worried that they're going to lose circulation because of being slammed as you know that but the thing is is that you know what to be honest if you're you know people of any type especially if you're trying to be told as or you're trying to come out as being you know somebody that tells people the facts you should be careful what you spew out there because what happens is is that in this day and age no one can separate your personal views from your job. If they think you're, you know, you're, you have left leanings, that means, that means most people will not think that you can have left leanings, but you can work in the center. Because there's, there, there is no difference between, you know, doing your job and having personal opinions outside of your job.
Yeah, right. And I think a, a lot of people forget media, it, news media, is is a very important aspect of a democracy. Um, and it's if you're running a news organization who who they present themselves as we give you the news of what's happening in the world, right. you have a responsibility as that organization to not bullshit. It, you really do. Like it's it's not. I know that we're private companies. You can do whatever you want, but there's a moral responsibility here to not try to push your opinions on everybody by carefully wording our articles or or um or TV programs to fire people up. And that's really what things are going. Look at Fox News. Look at MSNBC. Oh, yeah. We're talking about two drastically different on the scale of politics, but they they have the same exact goal: is to fire up their base. Yeah. And to keep them angry and scared yeah. of the opposition. We're not supposed to be scared of the opposition. We're supposed to have dialogue with the opposition yeah, but that's not, and come to a compromise. Yeah, but that's like, not how the world is. Exactly. Today. And the problem is, is that, you know, with the advent of the Internet, you know, people go, oh, yeah, well, you can keep the freedom. You can keep speech free. Yeah, but you can also keep it wrong. Because right. if, if you're looking at, if you're reading things and you're like going, oh, this is because it it mirrors what you say, that's not necessarily free news. That's that's basically nitpicking because, you know, there you can take, you go to three different websites, pull the same story on each of them, and each of them are going to be vastly worded different, usually slanted towards whatever angle they use. Now, if a reporter is going out there and saying that, you know, I'm... Um, you know, you're an internet sensation. People, people follow you and stuff like that. You're going to be held accountable. One of the things that I that always has always bothered me is people that sit there and say, "Oh, well, they have the right to say what they want." Yes, everyone has the right to say what they want. You can say whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. However, people have the ability to react how they wish to that to said remarks. If you have somebody who sits there and says, "You know what?" Uh, you know, slamming uh, the president for, for whatever reason, and you have a bunch of people that support that, and then you have a bunch of people who don't like that, and then, you know, unfollow, stop following, stop buying um, their work, and then complain about it. It's like, those people should, st it's like, no, you have the right to do everything. It's the whole NFL thing. You know, it's like, if people are pissed off because they feel some overpaid jocks are, quote unquote, protesting because they're kneeling before that don't fucking watch the games don't want they and they have and then you have people go like fuck people should they should be able to say what they want yes and people should have the right to react however they wish if they wish to stop watching right. those things or stop buying those things they have every right to and the problem is is everybody always goes to they have the right to this yes but anybody who doesn't want to listen has the right to do something else well see and i fully agree with you and that's the biggest form of protest right. isn't it is stop giving that organization money right. and watch the tune change real fucking quick. Yeah. But the problem with the NFL specifically is no one's going to stop watching football. Right. So they're never going to stop complaining. So and what, that's the hypocrisy yeah. of and it. And so though. what does the network do? What does the network do? Oh, we're going to we're not going to show the national anthem. So right. so now they just kind of have extra stuff commercials so then you don't see it. So it's like if it's if you don't see it it's not there. Or and this we this is, happens all the time too, is you'll have a controversy, and then they'll fire it up. Mm -hmm. They'll make it bigger because it keeps people talking. There's no such thing as as bad publicity, right. you know. So if Easy. everyone's talking, every right, <laughs> everyone's talking about the NFL, that's good for them. Yeah. 
because everyone's going to be looking at the NFL. Because right. no, because there's certain things that people love to talk shit. Okay, so you have a football fan who is going to be like, you know what? They let's say he's he's on the on the opinion of you should stand for the the um, national anthem. Um, you should stand for the national anthem. You disrespectful. This is bullshit. I can't believe this. But he is still going to continue to watch every single game, mm-hmm. buy the same amount of football tickets, mm-hmm. buy the same amount of hats and jerseys that he always did, right. because it's not important. It's not important to him. Yeah, that's what people don't realize. You complaining about it on Facebook does not make it important right. to you. You hashtagging something <laughs> does not make it important to you. It's irrelevant nonsense. And I was talking to someone um, recently about the whole hashtag. Um, uh, well, they had the hashtag Me Too. Oh, yeah. That one, okay. You know, we're, yeah. we're making it known that this is happening and stuff like that. Okay, that's fine. But then they also joined to that was the hashtag I Will, which is supposed to be for men. Um, it's saying like I will change or I will um, do something if I see sexual harassment or something like that. And all that is is a is is a fucking pat on the back. Yeah. If if you want to change, just go fucking change. Stop asking people to give you gratification for it. Yeah. If if you if if you do something charitable, just fucking do it. Yeah. You don't you don't have to. Well, I, a, I, I've always said I've always said there's no. Um, no selfless act is goes uns, being unselfish because right no that's exactly true yeah. no one does anything selflessly selfless acts don't exist yeah they really don't because let's say you do something charitable you go to soup kitchen you know you go you you're getting something out of that are you a dickhead no you're helping people but you are getting the gratification of being a decent human being not even that and not that even that it's it's more of a you know, you're getting that gratification because you feel better about yourself. Exactly. It's selfish because you're sitting there going, well, I'm going there to help people. Why? It makes me feel good. That's a selfish act. And the real problem is, is that's okay if you're actually doing something. Right. But now we have social media, which gives you that artificial, it's almost like heroin. Yeah. Like it's that artificial, I'm a good person. No, you're not. You're the same asshole that's sitting in your fucking (laughs) living room playing your Xbox doing nothing. Right. I'll give a perfect example. My grandfather, I didn't know this my entire life. I didn't find this out until after he passed away. Every single year, he gave $100 to um, the Catholic Relief Fund or something. And it's to, it's to help po- cure poverty, basically. Every fucking year. We were poor as shit. Every year, he gave $100 to that. He never once told anybody. No one in my family knew. We weren't even Catholic anymore. <laughs> my grandmother didn't know. My mother didn't know. Nobody. He did that because it was the for him. It, it was he right felt it was the right do, thing to yeah. do. He didn't go, "Hey, look, guys, look what I'm donating to." Yeah, let's have the ceremony you know. commemorating my donating of a hundred dollars. You know. Right, and and I know if he was alive today, for me to ask, why didn't you tell? Why didn't you tell anybody? Like because you don't do it for other people for other people to give you a fucking pat on the back. Yeah, you're supposed to be helping other people. You know, and, and, and I think that's the point. But now we're getting off on a yeah. tangent. But back to the news. <laughs> um, me, the media in general, my main suggestions, and I've said this on a few of our podcasts, <laughs> never watch the news on television, ever. I don't care who it is. I don't care if the New York Times has a television show. All of a sudden, don't fucking watch it because it's all bullshit. And especially that talking head sec- oh, segments yeah. they have. 
Talking Heads is right. There's just a bunch of people barking at each other. Yeah. You're you're watching Jerry Springer in suits. Mm-hmm. That's what you're watching. It's it's stupid and it's nonsense. And if you're an easily swayed individual, you're going to be a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, read the news. And if you're like, oh, I got to read, you're part of the problem. Yeah. Get read the news, and if it's a big topic, and you read it from multiple sources. Yeah. If like it's it's not that fucking hard. I mean, it the, the the whole problem with you know seeing how you know if something's slanted or or anything like that, you know, it comes down to the people. Right. You know, the people bear the responsibility because the media per- perpetuates things that the that the public claim that the 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 per- media perpetuates the things that the public claims they don't want to see. But that's the only thing that sells. It's the only thing that buys airtime. It's the only thing that makes people watch. People don't want to watch, nah, today was actually all right. You know, nothing bad happened. Everything was good. Oh, well, fuck it. Not going to watch it anymore. You know, or buy it anymore. They want they want that that uh, controversy. So it, it sells things. So do you know, do you know um, the only section of the news that is accurate sports is sports yeah. yeah because you can't fake it yeah. it's all fucking numbers and stats uh-huh. and there's even opinion pieces in there but you if you if and it's this is how fucked up society is now if you try to try to present an opinion on a sports thing as fact people will call you out on mm-hmm. it real fucking quick fuck you report the news just tell me you won the game blah 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 if you do that with world events no one cares yeah. and 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 that's it's definitely that it kind of gives weight to that conspiracy that's always been floating around that the government uses certain things to distract us oh, from what's really going oh, yeah. on i mean you see and that's that's not even really a conspiracy anyway i mean fucking the ancient romans had the the gladiator game so they weren't paying attention to what the government was fucking doing yeah. but it, it's it's amazing to me because i will I, like i said i read the paper every day i am not better than everybody else because i read the fucking paper i i just something i enjoy doing so i usually know what the fuck's going on and if i read it, something that maybe um happened in france or something that's happening in washington or whatever i'll say oh something interesting most people don't know what the fuck i'm talking about and the majority of those people don't care but they will spend hours upon hours talking about what happened on empire last night (laughs) you know because that's important to them and you know what good for them yeah you know but it's well as as uh louis ck once said so me and my kids were listening to npr yeah because we're better than you uh (laughs) (laughs) npr actually isn't that bad like if i want to hear um if i want to hear the news i usually i'll usually look at npr because they're very just this is what happened in the news today. Yeah. It, it reminds me just, of like the seventies. Yeah, but if you listen to some <laughs> of their other stuff, you could you can definitely hear this little. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> their opinion stuff is definitely on one side, <laughs> right? <laughs> but they separated yeah. though, and that, that's the point. And, and I respect that. You know, right? As long as you separate, <laughs> right? Gotta keep them separated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. On that note, I think it's time we move into... It almost seems like a perfect segue. What the actual fuck? Right. So uh, my what the actual fuck is... Um, uh, Jim Baker's mad. Jim <laughs> Baker's really mad. Jim Baker has had it with his critics. The disgraced televangelist is demanding that mean people in America who make fun of him stop watching his show. 
which is essentially any infomercial of his doomsday food mix with predictions about the imp the impending apocalypse. And this comes from the Huffington Post. Uh, he's warning that there will be dire consequences for those who continue to watch and mock. Quote, if you don't, if you don't want to hear it, just shut me off. He said in a clip from Friday's show posted online by Right Wing Watch, uh, quote, especially you folks that monitor me every day to try to destroy me. Just go away. You don't have to be here. You don't have to hear it. Then he, fire, he fired off his warning. One day you're going to shake your fist in God's face and you're going to say, God, why didn't you warn me? He's going to say, you sat there and you made fun of Jim Baker all those years. I warned you, but you didn't <laughs> listen. Jim Baker was a staple of 1980s televangelist circuit, building a Christian TV theme park and resort empire worth $180 million. But it all came crumbling down when he resigned and shame after a sex scandal and eventually served four years in prison for fraud. Today, he hawks survival food and other prepper supplies to help Christians survive an upcoming tribulation period that will supposedly last for several years. My favorite is the uh, is God will warn you. God will say, I warned you, but you made fun of him. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite part. You made fun of, you made fun of that Jim Baker. <laughs> you know, and, and the point he makes is usually accurate. If you don't want to hear it, it reminds me of Howard Stern. Right. If you don't want to hear it, just turn it off. But not when it's someone who is is trying to convince you that he's a man of the cloth. Right. Now you're extra dirty. I mean, because like, you should be called at this out. particular point, if you're, you're, if you're hawking prepper supplies, you're, uh, you're Alex Jones. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're you're a shittier Alex Jones. <laughs> but you're using something different. You know, you're using just a different aspect to do the same thing. Actually, I like I like watching Alex Jones sometimes because he just gets so fired. When he gets up. that red face and you just kind of Yeah, like... I worry I worry about his blood pressure, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. You expect him to be like, and this is <laughs> and then suddenly it's like then all of a sudden it goes, you know, please stand by, <laughs> you know, comes up on the screen. <laughs> Disgraced. TV preacher Jim Baker warns those who mock him. New York Daily News. Um, <laughs> whatever. He's got a son and a daughter. I I I feel bad for them. I'm sure they're shaking their fists to the sky. Right. Why? Why? <laughs> Why me? Anyway, speaking of some real dumb shit. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. A Georgia elementary school uh, had the brilliant idea of hosting a freestyle Civil War reenactment reenactment day. And wouldn't you know it, things got horribly racist. Really? Wow, that's kind of um, amazing that that would happen. At Kennesaw, Georgia's Big Shanti Elementary School, a real educational institution that exists. This is from, uh, <laughs> this is from media, Mediaite.com. So they're going to throw some, uh, some zingers in there. And we appreciate yeah. it. Um, admin administrators were inspired to start an, an activity that entails fifth graders dressing up as personalities from the war to end slavery, per the Associated Press. According to a mother of one of the child's Civil War actors, a white student played the part of an ignorant Southern right, Southern right out of central casting and told a 10-year-old black student, you are my slave, all while dressed up as a plantation owner. Oh, I think I heard Which is, about that. Is, is also historically accurate. Hmm. But, you know, right. <laughs> the school... The school, which is not far from Atlanta, I don't know why that's relevant, but whatever, reportedly tied or tried to use the event as an educational experiment amidst the larger national debate about Confederate flags, memorials, and statues. 
However, the administrators clearly put these fifth graders in a position that could only end terribly, Hmm. which has caused the school to indefinitely cancel the absurd offensive event. As assistant superintendent for the school system in Cobb County, Georgia, another reported reportedly real place, (laughs) penned a note to the mother of the black student ensuring that an activity like this will never happen again. Um, Someone racist came up with this fucking idea. Yeah. You can't tell me that you finished high school and thought this was a good idea. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't teach children about the Civil War, of course, and you should be honest about it, too. Right. But don't not teach them the Civil War and give them the cliff notes and then go, hey, why don't you dress up (laughs) like people? The cliff notes, you know? Right. It's like, dress up like whoever you want. (laughs) No. I feel bad for that for some of the black kids in that school. You know they were having some issues. Oh yeah. You know, they only have one character they can dress up as. <laughs> right. A slave. <laughs> like that's fucked up. Oh man, I know. It's like, ugh. You know, I'm all for freedom and stuff, but honestly, can we stop at the Confederate flag, please? Can we stop trying to pretend it's some southern pride? Stop it. Like it wasn't even the flag of the Confederacy. It was the battle flag of Virginia. Yeah. Like, people don't even know their own shit. No, of course not. Because that would require like, them to look stop. it up, and that's not going to happen. It, Virginia or one of the southern states? I don't I'm from the north. Fuck you. I don't fucking care. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Well, fucking, I remember I moved to Arizona, and uh, in Arizona, you see the Confederate flag every once in a while. Not not all the time, like, in some southern areas. And, uh, and I had never seen the fucking thing outside of a history book. <laughs> Until I moved to Arizona, and I saw I saw it on someone's house, I think, and I was like, "What? What is happening? Why does why is that over there?" I'm like, oh, he's probably you know Southern pride or something. And I'm like, "That isn't that offensive?" <laughs> like I'm confused. Like, and, and then um, there was a kid in my school who said that his grandfather flies the Confederate flag in his house in his house because you know right. you don't want any fucking problem. Um, and I go, "Why?" He's like, because he's proud. I'm like, proud of losing? <laughs> it's like the flag is a non-existent symbol anymore. It doesn't mean anything. Like, I don't, I just don't get people's logic is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, every state has an official flag. If you're proud of your state, fly that fucking flag. You're playing people back east. And they had that Massachusetts flag, Minuteman, a strong as fuck. <laughs> motherfucker, you know, nothing wrong with that. I don't know. People are weird. They they know what they're doing when they fly the Confederate oh, yeah. flag. Everybody does. They, you can't be that fucking. Yeah, I guess you can. I mean, you can, but I really think they're faking the ignorance. Yeah. Like, like, come on, stop it. <laughs> All right. I'll I'll say it. I was just taking a breath. <laughs> taking a breath. <laughs> Calm down. So that's it. We're done. Okay. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> no. Like the um, end of please. like the end of De- uh, Deadpool. What? You're still here? You're still here? What the <laughs> fuck? Please rate and review the show. And kindly forget that I just told you to fuck off. <laughs> um, on iTunes or any other thing that allows you to rate that you can get the show on. We're definitely available on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Um, as well as our official site, BigLazyGeeks.com. Uh, if you want to suggest stories for the show, you can definitely do so on our Facebook or Google Plus pages. Uh, we're also... Um, on other sites as well as Twitter and Instagram under the name The Lazy Geeks. That's all one word. Uh, and if you want to give us any other feedback or whatever, you can hit our website, thelazygeeks.com, or keep it real old school, 
you can go to lazygeeksnetwork at gmail.com. That's right. Dot compuserve.net. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find that through the Netscape browser. That's right. <laughs> And you can find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middle age geek, Instagram middle age underscore geek, and you can check out my other podcast every Wednesday, the Extended Play Movie Podcast. Uh, this week we're continuing; we're I think halfway through our uh, our um, arc on uh, famous movie composers. And this week we are talking about the guy who did the music to not just uh, Lethal Weapon and Die Hard and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and pretty much almost any action movie of the eighties and nineties. Michael Kamen. So you can grab that on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. You can follow my Facebook page, facebook.com slash themiddleagegeek. And you can check out my other musings at themiddleagegeek.com. You can find me on Twitter at sapientlg, and I have been using it. <laughs> yeah, you have, actually. You know, I've been linking things and favoriting things and quoting things and all types of shit. <laughs> so uh, hit me up on there, and I, I guarantee you, if some if you say something to me on Twitter, I will respond to you. <laughs> Because it doesn't really happen. Right. Because <laughs> I'm usually just on there reading everybody's shit. So, you know, whatever. If you want to tell me I'm an asshole or um, please if, do. You please send me, do. if you want to send me them nudes, though, <laughs> right. you exactly. know what I'm talking about. That's an ASL situation first. I repeat, <laughs> A slash S slash L. Okay. Uh, because, you know, nobody's using AIM anymore. So you got you to gotta refresh your course on everybody. Right. ASL. All right, so be sure to tune in on Friday for our Away Team podcast, which will be episode The uh, Samaritan Snare. And also be sure to tune in on Wednesday for our uh, mini-sode for Star Trek Discovery. We will be doing, what's this, episode six now? I think think episode six, yeah, which means that including six, there's three more episodes left before uh, before the break. So that is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out. Production of the Lazy Geeks Network. Available only at thelazygeeks.com.